Maligayang araw ng mga puso. Oh, angel, earth angel. Diba? Ang sarap pakinggan ng awit ng ating baritone. Salamat, Brother Genia, for putting together this group of fine gentlemen who just serenaded, serenaded our respective wives. Thank you, Varitones. Yan ang pangalan po ng grupong yan. Pusuan nyo naman ang ating uh, Lighthouse uh, message boxes para naman ma-appreciate ang ating mga Levites na hindi lamang pagkakagaling na mag-umawit uh, ng mga papuri kay Lord pero umawit din ng mga love songs that will truly build up the marriages and the love stories that are in our community. Nag-volunteer din naman ako na sumali sa Varitones pero... Sabi nila, baka raw mag-vary yung tones nila. Huwag na lang. So maybe one day, as the Lord creates a miracle in me, makakaawit din po. But joking aside, really, to our Lighthouse family, to our Citygate family, and to all the Lighthouse regions, tune in now, and even, even to you, my friend. Maybe this is your first time to be with Lighthouse. Welcome to our community, and welcome to this online worship. Today is a very special day because today is Valentine's Day. And you know what? Today is also Family Builders Sunday. Lighthouse is committed to build the family, to build up every family. Dahil alam ko pong sasangayong kayo sa akin. It is in the context of our own respective families that we learned for the very first time how it is to love and be loved. Doon natin naranasan ng tayo ay tanggapin at tayo tumanggap din naman sa mga imperfections ng ating mga kapamilya. It is in the context of our families na natuto tayong mangarap, natuto tayong sumunod sa ating mga magulang, at dahil doon, hindi naging mahirap sa atin ang pagsunod sa ating Diyos. And so, today as we now promote unto you and encourage unto you to be part of the Family Builders Ministry, today is truly a special day because we are taking the church into the core of what the Lord really wants it to be. Yan po ang ating pinag-usapan nung tayo po ay nagkaroon ng Vision Sunday two Sundays ago. How God, how the Holy Spirit is wanting His people to be central to His Word. To be overflowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. To be resilient as saints and to be always purposive in the expansion of His kingdom. And the family is at the very core of it. It's the most basic unit of society. And for as long as every family is central to the Word of God and overflowing in the Spirit and resilient and expanding the Kingdom of God, then we know we draw a smile in the lips of the Lord. Last Sunday, Pastor Carlo kicked off our Bible preaching series. We entitled it, The God of the Bible, that will truly be covered for the rest of the year 2021, even extending to the very first quarter of 2022 next year. We're going to look at the characters of the Bible, of God in the Bible, by preaching from every book of the 66 books, canonical books of the Bible, so that from Genesis to Exodus to Leviticus to Numbers to Deuteronomy, all the way to the New Testament, all the way to the book of Revelation, we shall get to have a better appreciation of who God truly is. And so last Sunday, Pastor Carlo introduced the book of Genesis, and in that book of Genesis, we got to know that our God is truly a God of promise. Next Sunday, mga kapatid, Pastor Samuel will talk about the God of purity 
from the book of Leviticus. So I'm excited to hear the preaching of Pastor Samuel. Today, I'm going to talk, I'm going to preach from the book of Exodus. And today, we have entitled our sermon, The God of Power. Sa atin pong mga Kristiyano, malinaw sa atin ang pakahulugan ng salitang kapangyarihan. Alam natin kung gaano kamakapangyarihan ang Diyos. And power has for us been defined in so many ways. And in the many books of the Bible where God exhibited and showcased His powerful arm, I would say top of the list would be the book of Exodus. Kung saan mahahanap mo ang pagpapakitang gilas ng Diyos, pagpapamalas ng Diyos sa kanyang makapangyarihang kamay, Mantakin niyo, pati Red Sea ay kanyang hinawi para lamang makadaan ng mga anak ng Israel. Mantakin niyo ang, ang, gabi ay nagmistu, ang araw ay nagmistulang gabi sa buong Egypto when God stopped the sun from shining except in Goshen where the people of Israel were. Ang pagulan ng hailstones, ang pagkalat ng mga langaw at ng mga palaka when Nile River turned into blood and even the passing over of the angel of death. All of these, mga kapatid, ay pagpapakita lamang that truly we serve a God of power. And whenever we talk about power, we mean the spectacular, the sea splitting, the rock shaking. But at the same time, we believers, we also know that there is another dimension of power. It may not be as spectacular as the ones that we would read in the book of Exodus. But it is as heart-moving. It is as soul-changing for those that are sensitive to the counsel of the word of the Lord. And in all of this, in both the spectacular ang kamanghamangha ang mga kagilagilalas at ang mga bagay na parang nisan hindi mapansin ng pantaong pangtingin. But for those that are sensitive to the power of the Holy Spirit, all of this, the spectacular and the simple point to the glory of the power of God, the God of power whom we serve and worship. And so why don't you open your Bibles now to the book of Exodus. I'll be reading from the second chapter, from the very first verse. I'll be taking my reading from the New International Version. Shall we read? Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. And then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. And then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. And her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. And then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Verse 8, Yes, go. She answered, and the girl went and got the baby's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. And so the woman took the baby and nursed him 
And when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Shall we pray? Lord, in today's special occasion, Valentine's Day, when every heart is being riveted to the concept of love, mainly romantic love, we pray, Lord, that today our hearts will be, grow, will be drawn to the real definition of love, and that is you. We pray, Lord, that we'll be able to get the riches of your word, the gems from your counsel, so that, Lord, today we will enjoy this service and know you better, how truly you are a God of power. And because of that, Lord, we can place our trust in you. So come the Holy Spirit and speak unto us in ways only you can. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Here's one thing that I realized, and you must have realized in your life as well. That whenever God unfolds His redemptive power, God raises a family. That's how central the family is in the overall will of the Lord. He picks up, he picked up Israel as the chosen nation for reasons known only to God. Not because they are more special than the rest, not because they are better than the rest, not because they are more obedient than the rest, but solely because out of God's grace. And out of that special chosen nation, God chose family after family. So that his redemptive story, ang kasaysayan ng kanyang pagliligtas, ay maipasa from one generation to another. And so you will see it. From the downfall of Adam and Eve, still, he clothed them and allowed them to really go and multiply. And as the depravity of the people just worsened in the course of time, God raised up Noah and his family and saved them from the flood. And God started all over again, giving the covenant marked by the rainbow, promising that he would never drown the earth in water again. And yet people just turned to the words, and yet God reaffirmed his covenant through Abraham and Sarai. And Abraham bore, or Sarai bore for Abraham Isaac, who married Rebekah, and Isaac got Jacob, who married Rachel. And from this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the redemptive story of the Israelites, of the Jewish people, continued to unfold. Jacob also had 12 sons, and one of those sons is Levi. And Levi had a son, and his son had a son. And one of the grandchildren, the grandsons of Levi is Gershon and family. And Gershon had a son named Amram, who married Jochebed, who bore for Amram, Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. So Moses is like generations away from Adam. Moses is like generations away from Abraham. And yet, the truth is still very much apparent. Whenever God unleashes or unfolds His redemptive story for humanity, God uses families. Let me stop there for a while and speak now to the parents that are here. 
sometimes madali nating i-down at maliitin ang ating pamilya. Maybe because of the curse of comparison. You'd look around and you will see this buena familias, buenas familias all around you. You know, the ones with the uh, uh, material pedigree, mga matatangos ang ilong, may pera, may mga pinag-aralan. And then you look at yourself and being colonial-minded as Filipinas are, hindi naman tayo ganong katangkaran, ang ating balat ay kuyumangge, and we start feeling inferior. And sometimes, pinapangunahan natin ang kalooban ng Diyos and we now say, baka hindi ako ganong ka-espesyal sa mata ng Diyos. Maybe that my family is not really going to play a major role in the narrative of redemption of God. Think again, my friend, because today, as we lift up the name of Jesus through the Family Builders Ministries. I would like to affirm, and I would like to just speak to your heart, that God's love for every family is so immense because this very basic unit of society is what God has always used, is what God has always tapped so that through the synergy of the father and the mother and the unity of the parents and the children and the posterity and the generations that come after them, God will showcase and astound the world of the marvelous unfolding of His story. For example, for Moses, their family were now slaves in Egypt. They were now being enslaved by the Egyptians for 400 long years. So you could just imagine the slave mentality that they already imbibe that they already embrace. Wala na silang pangarap sa buhay because they probably thought hanggang doon na lang ang kanilang pwedeng maabot. But sister Miriam, ang ate ni Moses, was always there. Maybe she was still a very young child, probably five, six, seven years old. But she already understood her role in the life of Moses. That on that day, na nilet go nila si Moses through a basket dahil papatayin ng mga sundalong Egyptians ang mga lalaking baby ng mga Hudyo, Miriam knew that it was a painful experience, experience for the whole family to let go of Moses. And yet, Miriam was there to look after Moses. Na habang inaanod through the river Nile, Miriam was in the bank of the river making sure na walang buhayang sasagpang sa kanyang kapatid. Maybe she was praying for the best, that this was only going to be a very temporary situation in their family's life. And lo and behold, as our story, as our reading today would show us, yun nga pong nangyari, nakita siya, si Moses nakita ng anak ng Pharaoh, and on that day, Miriam spoke for Moses, she said, gusto nyo, hanapan ko kayo ng, ng nanay na magpapadede sa baby na yan. And so you could just imagine the family of Moses, si Jochebed, si Amram, probably they were so despondent and still crying because they thought that would be the last day you could ever see Moses. And then in just a matter of one hour, two hours, Miriam was already on her way home bringing baby Moses with a better news than I kayo ang magpapalaki sa inyong anak, babayaran pa kayo ng the daughter of Pharaoh because Moses is now an adopted son of the daughter of the most powerful man on earth during the time. Let me speak to the ates that are here. I grew up without an ate dahil puro kami boys. Ang aming girl po, youngest namin si Julian. But I've always had this holy envy sa aking mga kabarkada na merong mga ate, lalo ang mga doting na mga ate. 
Like, for example, my Rafa, not to patronize my own children, but I always would appreciate Ate Rafa when she dotes over Caleb. Although si Caleb was matangkat na sa kanya, but the way she looks after her, Caleb. Why? Because Caleb has always been her baby. Oh, Ates, you have a role to play in the shaping, in the molding of the minds and the hearts and the souls of your younger siblings. And I pray that, that the maternal instinct na nilagay ng Diyos sa inyo ay isusurrender nyo kay Lord so that pakakagamitin ng Diyos ang experiences ng buhay mo so that through your instinctive maternal care for your siblings, the narrative, the redemption of God will also be embraced by your siblings. Now let's talk about Mother Jochebed. Nothing much was written in the Bible about the mother of Moses. But, sabi nga nila, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Kung gusto mo ma- malaman ang ugat, tingnan mo yung bunga. Mother Jochebed, although she was mentioned probably once or twice only in the Bible, but Mother Jochebed was the main instrument of God to nurse, to raise, and to train Moses to be fit for royalty. Moses was in her care until probably Moses was about three or four years old when, she, when Moses was old enough to enter into the palace. And you could just imagine, Jochebed had this sense, napaka-ikli ng kanyang window of opportunity to sear, to seal into the heart of Moses the values of the Hebrew people, the story of his family, the narrative of the redemption of God, the story of the diaspora of the Jewish nation from the land of promise now to the slavery in Egypt. Jochebed knew, napakaikli ng oras na meron siya kay Moses, but apparently she did a very good job. Because even though Moses became eventually a prince of Egypt, the Bible story is replete with so much implications that Moses never truly forgot his rootedness to the Hebrew nation. And that's why, nung makita ni Moses na merong isang Hebrew na binubugbog ng isang Egyptian, he came to the rescue of his countrymen. Value system. Yan pong kagandahan na ibinibigay sa atin ng pamilya. Your family gives you your value system, your rootedness in your history, even your spiritual breakthroughs. And you know, napakalayo Napakataas man ang iyong mararating sa mundong ito. Ang palagi mong uuwian ang iyong pamilya. Your family will always bring you home. I'd like you to watch the testimonies of two wonderful ladies here in Lighthouse. Two wonderful ladies that would represent two of the most wonderful ministries under the umbrella of the Family Builders Ministry. This is Sister Celia Panimanglor. And this is his sister, Cherry Pie Young. Good morning, Lighthouse and City Gate family. My name is Celia Panimanglor, and I am a member of Lighthouse Christian Community. At present, I attend the Thursday Bible Study Group led by Sister Annalie Morales. Though I became a Christian in 1987, life has had its share of challenges. I was battling health issues, mild stroke, psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, as well as depression. 
At the same time, I was going through emotional issues. I faced challenges with my marriage as well as our business. At that time, I asked God many questions. Why me? Why my marriage? Why my business? But of course, God answers in His own time, and I need to just wait patiently. In 2007, we decided to step back from ministry involvement when we moved to Lighthouse Christian Community and just be churchgoers. But God has other plans. We were invited to attend Family Builders Ministry and Married for Life Seminar, and both made a big impact in my outlook in life and my marriage and family. I was then invited by Sister Barbara Clavo to attend a Thursday Bible study group. As I am in an introvert, I was hesitant in the beginning, but I still went ahead and attended the group. I felt the warmth and the love of the ladies, and the best part is listening to God's word and going away enriched and blessed. At the end, I felt this is the best decision I made being part of the Thursday Ladies Group. In 2 Chronicles 20, 15b and verse 17, it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. The battle is God's. It's no longer my battle with my illness and my marriage and business. We are, I am the beneficiary. God says, stand firm. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid for he is with me. The scripture and the ministry give me strength and confidence. And now my marriage is doing great and my illness is controlled and my business is doing well. So ladies, draw courage and take heart. Do not be afraid, but stand firm. Right now, since there is pandemic and our movements are restricted, we cannot meet face to face but we still have our Thursday Bible study group meeting via Zoom. So come and join us. Let us all be encouraged and study the Bible together and glorify God with our presence. Thank you for listening and to God be the glory. Good morning, Lighthouse. I am Sister Pai and I'm a single mom. I had my precious Nikki girl in 1995. And it would surprise you to know that I love being a mother. I enjoyed raising that makulit, precocious, bulilit, kahit na sobrang mahirap maging single parent. But the trauma in being my single parent, disgraciada, is not so much as the stigma, but because eight months into the pregnancy, I lost my mother to complications of heart attack. Me, being so young back then, about to tackle single parenthood, I felt so betrayed, abandoned, lost, and alone. Literally, I had no family. In a time when birthing a new life was supposed to be a celebration to me, everything warm, secure, and familiar is suddenly taken away. 
gone forever. That was my life before coming to Lighthouse. Yung feeling na nasa desert ka without clear direction and yet also in a very long dark tunnel, groping for every bit of hope and light, both seemingly never-ending. But in 2009, after a bout of serious illness with thyroid storm, I got clinically depressed and I was giving up on life and I was plotting to end it all. Those were deep, dark, perilous thoughts. Nakakatakot. Nagigising ako ng takot sa future. Natutulog akong takot sa umaga. But just like St. Peter, when we were in deep waters of the stormy sea of Galilee, Jesus knows when to take us out of our unbelief. In February 2009, I came to know Pastor Jojo as a guest speaker sa office event. And our business consultant after that invited us sa Bible study track ni Pastor Mark na Walk with Jesus. That was the beginning of my faith journey. I always testify na first time kung pumasok sa lobby natin, sabi ko talaga, whispering to myself, Ay, Lord, nahanap ko na ang bahay mo. I am home. Simula noon, tumatakas na ako sa bahay pag Sunday para lang makapagsamba. Nung natapos ko yung Bible study track, more takas moments kasi I began serving sa newcomers ministry. I so enjoyed being a regular dakilang towel girl volunteer ni Sister Judith sa water baptism. After that, naiyaya naman ako sa discipleship group Bible study nila Brother Jimmy and Diane Nabor. Doon, nahanap ko ang salitang family. Nagkaroon ako ng kapatiran. Kapatid, tito, tita. Busog na busog na sa word at busog pa sa pagmamahal at sa sarap ng luto ni Sister Annabelle. Kaya ginagabi na kami ng uwian. Through that DG, nagkaroon din ng opportunity, yayaan lang ba, na mag-serve sa ushers. I felt it was time to give back into service. Also, As a struggling mom back then, I was thankful na sa gitna ng painful telenovela moments ng pagiging solo parent, as Nikki was entering teenage years, she was also diligently serving sa kids' church ministry. So dahil kami ay nag-serve, we both were given a strong foundation of service, guidance, and faith focus that Lighthouse has for its children. Parang mag-baby Christians na pinapalago kami sa aming pananampalataya. Because we were surrendered to seeking and finding Christ, meron o wala, lingkod lang. Serve, keep serving. Now, uh, empty nester na ako. My daughter, Nikki, lives in Melbourne, Australia for good. And because of pandemic restrictions, hindi natuloy na dumalaw ako for my birthday. This January 2021. At wala pa indication kung kailan ulit magkikita. These are times of great uncertainties. And yet also, it's a 
good time to reflect on God's great mercies in our lives. Lagi nating naririnig that the Lord has a divine plan, a hope, and a future for us. The question is, amidst the wilderness, the darkness, and deep sorrows, do we have faith and just believe? Abba Father, after all, is a covenant-keeping God whose mercies endure forever. So I share to you instead Jeremiah 29, 12-14. And it says, Then you will call to me, you will come and pray to me, and I will answer you. You will seek me, and you will find me, because you will seek me with all your heart. Yes, I say, you will find me, and I will restore you to your land. Wow, what an amazing grace. All the great struggles, tears, sorrow, struggles, and pain of the now seemingly distant past, brighter life naman. So I can testify despite being alone all throughout 2020, the Lord did indeed bring me home to the promised land. Nakarating po ako ng Israel right before the lockdown. Just like I fervently prayed for, it was not a tourist trip but a homecoming. I am reborn, redeemed, and restored in the love of Christ. So, single moms, anuman ang pinagdadaanan, anuman ang hirap, I'm here to testify. This is all for God's glory. From a person who was so lost, I found family in Lighthouse. My name is Sister Pai. I am a solo parent, and I walk for Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Kung paano ginamit ni Lord ang pamilya, ang mag-asawa, ang pagiging nanay sa kanyang anak, ang kanyang pagiging member of Lighthouse family. Na even though Sister Celia or Sister Pai might have gone through the, so many challenges, the stigma, the, uh, the backlash of so many not-so-ideal events in their lives, and yet it was always their family that would reroute them and bring them home. We celebrate family here in Lighthouse. But here's another truth that I have come to understand. That whenever God showcases His sustaining power, God always raises builders. God is always in the lookout for people who have the heart to build up other people. That they might not be the center of the show. They might not be the main character. Hindi sila ang bida, hindi sila ang napapalakpakan, hindi sila ang nasa forefront ng storya ng Panginoon. And yet, they understood so well that they had a role to play. And that if they renege on this role, kung tatakasan nila ang role nito, they will have missed out. They would have missed out on this wow role that God could only preserve and reserve for them. God is in the business of raising builders. For example, in Moses' life, I'd like to talk about his wife, Zipporah. He met his wife, Zipporah, when Moses became fugitive in the desert of Midian. Ipinagtanggol niya si Zipporah nung binabastos ng ilang shepherd. And so na-impressed naman si Zipporah sa kanya. And so when Zipporah introduced him, Moses, to her father, her father... Jethro, or Reuel, gave Zipporah to Moses 
as Moses' wife. Moses' life took a 180-degree turn just because of his audacity to kill the Egyptian soldier. And yet, it was Zipporah who settled Moses in his 40 years of being in the Median Desert. Malika po ang role ng isang asawa sa kanyang minamahal. For as long as the husband is secure, na meron siyang uwi ang minamahal pagdating ng gabi, at meron siyang makakapiling sa kanyang pagtulog, at meron siyang mababahaginan ng kanyang mga pangarap, it settles you. It keeps your heart at peace. And Zipporah proved to be an able help to Moses. And she was there when Moses needed her the most. Zipporah was there to protect and even to save Moses. There's this particular part in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 4, when Moses was almost killed by God. Can you believe it? Yes. You know why? Because Moses was now being raised by God to be the deliverer of the people of Israel. And yet Moses forgot something. He forgot something so crucial. He forgot to circumcise his very own firstborn. Because Moses knew that circumcision was the sign of God's covenant with the Hebrew people. But because Moses became a father in the desert of Midian, so far away from his rootedness, Moses did not comply with that ceremonial requirement of the Jewish people. And so, God on that lodging place, Exodus 4, 24 would say, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. But you know what happened? Zipporah took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. And says, surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. And so the Lord let him alone. And at the time she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. Naging instant nurse, naging instant surgeon si Zipporah. Hindi man siya Hebrew person, hindi man siya Hudyo. But Moses already spoke to her about the requirements of God for his specially chosen people. And so on that night, when Zipporah had that sense that the angel of death was about to strike Moses, and because of that, the anger of the Lord relented. So I'd like to talk to the wives that are here. That's why in Lighthouse, we emphasize on married for life ministries. Because in one of the modules that we teach, we, we talk about the roles of husbands and wives. Marami kami mga bagay bilang mga mister na hindi na namin nalalaman or hindi na namin nakikita because we are so preoccupied sometimes with the bigger picture. Gusto namin itong puntahan, itong gusto namin makonquer, itong gusto namin kitain, itong gusto namin magawa. We are the generalists. But many husbands, just like me, we are not specialists. We are not into the specifics. And so I always need my wife's rose detailed personality. How she supplies to me the details of my everyday needs. Otherwise, makakalimutan ko yun. Sa kabisihan ko sa mga malaking bagay na gusto kong magawa, pero kung wala yung specifics, alam niyo namang hindi rin magtatagumpay. Ganun po kaimportante ang role ng mag-asawa. Lalo tigit, ganun kaimportante ang maintindihan ni Mrs. ang kanyang papel sa buhay ng kanyang 
minamahal. I'd like you to watch the testimony of our leaders for the Family for Life ministry, Brother Alex and Sister Belle Morales. I'm Brother Alexander Morales. With me is my beautiful wife, Valerie Bell. We have two children, Eileen and Alexis, and our cute apu, Elisha. I was so preoccupied with my job and the worldly world. My priority is work and the worldly life. I was looking for a church to grow my spiritual life. I found Lighthouse in 1999. Sometimes I joined my wife in Sunday church just to see what's in there. Alex and I attended a Lighthouse marriage retreat in 2002. In this retreat, I learned that the father is the spiritual head of the family. We were invited to join the Married for Life. This is a 13-week course which opened our outlook on marriage the godly way. We learned to forgive one another and to pray together. As we prayed in 1 Chronicles 4.10, that God would bless us indeed and enlarge our territories, and that your hand would be upon us to keep us safe from evil that will not cause us pain. Truly, our God answered prayers. After our first Married for Life course, we started to be a leader in training in a Married for Life group. We learned more of God's design for marriage. We then formed our own group and became a leader. Subsequently, we were in the Family Builders Ministry Core team. Little did I know that this is the beginning of our ministry life. In the FBM core group, we observed, followed, and learned the ministry works. With the FBM, we built a stronger relationship in our marriage, in our ministry core group, and in church. With the ministry activities, we were molded to become a ministry head. Where in 2017, together with the leaders in the team, we formed eight married for life groups simultaneously and graduated 50 couples. This ministry involvement has changed our whole life. Initially, walking with Jesus, eventually walking for Jesus, and now in the process of walking like Jesus. God become our priority. Second is our family. We learned to give and share. God abundantly provided our needs. We are at peace with our marriage life and family. We just celebrated our 40 years of marriage. What God joined, no man could ever separate. We grow all together. With God's goodness, faith, hope, and love, we continue to walk as a powerhouse home and a twinkling light to the families around Lighthouse communities and beyond. We invested our life to further the kingdom of God. We are so blessed. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Thanks be to God who always lead us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. 
All praises and glory to God. May we then invite you to join us in the FBM Family for Life Ministry. Here, we have sessions for Married for Life. This is the blueprint of God to strengthen marriage. The Parent for Life. This is God's design to raise our children the godly way. The Inner Healing. This is the spiritual cleansing. Come! Come. Praise God for you, Brother Alex, Sister Bell. Praise God that God rescued you, Brother Alex, from the life that could have consigned you to so many scandals and so many ill effects. And yet because God, God got hold of your heart and you yielded your everything to Jesus, look at how God is using you now, your testimony, along with your wife, Sister Bell, and your beautiful Morales family so that the glory of God will be heightened even more. I'd like to talk to every couple that is watching now. It's never too late for you to be part of the Married for Life ministry. My wife, Rose, and I are currently in our second batch of Married for Life because we know we're going to be married for life. And so we invest our time. We invest our efforts. We invest our treasures in wanting to know, in fully appreciating the blueprint of God for our marriage because when God is central to everything that we do, not only are our personal lives built up, but the generations to come will also benefit from it. Let me talk to you, for example, about the brother of Moses. His name is Aaron. Aaron must have thought that maybe ang kanyang kapatid lang na si Moses ang special but think again. You know why? Because when Moses was wrestling with God and telling God, Lord, I cannot speak to Pharaoh. Utal nga ako magsalita. And God said, okay, I will assign Aaron to be your spokesman. And true enough, it was Aaron who spoke for Moses when Moses couldn't find his voice. God says, he will speak for you. And he was the lifter of Moses' hand when he was too tired to intercede. Napakahalaga po ng role ng isang kapatid na lalaki sa buhay ng isang taong tinawag ng Diyos. Ang panawagan ng iyong kapatid ay panawagan mo rin, kaibigan. Mapalayo sana sa atin na magkaroon ng sibling rivalry, magkaroon ng inggitan sa magkapatid, magpasikatan, magpataasan ng ere, because amazing what a family could do, what a family could achieve when no one cares who gets the credit for as long as the name of Jesus is the one that is lifted up. Amen? And so Aaron was content with his role. Moses was the main man of God, but his role was to speak for Moses, to speak alongside Moses, and to lift the hands of Moses in that famous battle against the Amalekites because Aaron just knew Left on his own, Moses would be severely disabled. So Exodus 4.14, as the Lord's anger burned against Moses, the Lord says, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth, and as if you were God to him. Now you can just imagine the dynamics of the relationship of Aaron and Moses, that Aaron's eyes were ever fixed on Moses. Kung ano sasabihin mo, Moses, yun ang sasabihin ko sa mga taong gusto mong iparating ang iyong sinasabi. There's no hint of jealousy over there. 
Well, at one time, Miriam got jealous of Moses. Why? Because Miriam started saying, Bakit siya bang kinakausap ng Diyos? Kami rin naman, di ba? And because of that, Miriam was afflicted with leprosy. But because of the love of Moses for his sister Miriam, and through the intercession of Moses, Miriam was healed, and that family experienced even greater spiritual breakthroughs after that. If I may advance a little bit in Exodus chapter 17, when Joshua was right down there in the valley, fighting against the Amalekites, the instruction of the Lord for Moses was simple. For as long as you lift up your hand and declare that God is the banner over Joshua, Joshua would succeed against his enemies. And so what did Aaron do? Along with another friend, her. They went up with Moses to the mountains and they made sure, kahit ngawit na ngawit na si Moses, ang role lang ni Aaron at saka ni her ay itaas at siguraduhin hindi bababa ang kamay ni Moses. And maybe that's your role in ministry. To lift up the role of your, the hands of your pastors. Or maybe brothers, or maybe children. Maybe your role is to lift up your parents up in prayers. They could not do it by themselves. But with your cooperation, with your love, with your intercession, oh, you will see the unraveling of the powers of God through the humble ministry of your mom and your dad. Another member of the family of Moses that's so instrumental in building up Moses is his father-in-law, Jethro, the father of Zipporah. Jethro is the classic life coach, executive coach. Hindi pa uso yung mga executive coaches na yan. Hindi pa uso yung mga mentoring na yan. Hindi pa uso yung mga leadership courses na yan. Jethro became the first documented executive coach for Moses on leadership and people management. At one time, nung nakatawid na sina Moses and they were now in the wilderness, Jethro now brought Zipporah and the sons of Moses na iniwan ni Moses sa kanya nung kinonfront ni Moses ang Pharaoh. But now that Moses was safe in the desert, Jethro paid him a visit. And Jethro noticed something. Moses hardly had a time for his family. Why? Because all the problems of these millions of Israelites, the grumbling and the complaining and all the disputes, si Moses lamang ang merong time at feeling ni Moses, siya lamang ang merong karunungan to settle the disputes amongst the people. So from the break of day till sunset, Moses would be on his chair trying to appease the people. Natalam niyo naman kung gaano kapalaaway ang mga Israelita sa kwento ng Exodus. And Moses was aging faster than he should. And Moses probably was just going home tired and irate. At napagbubunto na niya ng galit ng kanyang mga anak, pati ng kanyang asawa. And so one day, Exodus chapter 18, Jethro just gave it to Moses as they would say. The father-in-law replied, You know what you're doing? It's not good. Now how's that for coaching, huh? You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. Mamamatay ka Moses sa pinaggagawa mo na yan. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. So listen now to me and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to Him. 
teach them the decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the duties that they are to perform. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. That's an MBA course over there, mga kaibigan. Jethro was now coaching Moses. Alam mo kasi Moses ang problema mo. Feeling mo, ikaw lang magaling. Ba't hindi mo sila turuan? Pag tinuruan mo sila ng mga salita ng Diyos, ng mga kautusan ng Diyos, babait yan. Kukonti ang magpapakounsel sa'yo. Kung iba-Bible study mo ang mga yan, kung ipagpipray mo ang mga yan, magbabago ang kanilang puso from the inside and out. And therefore, the disputes will, less, will lessen. Ang dapat mong gawin, ikaw ang maging priest so that you can bring their concerns to God. But hey, you have so many people here that are God-fearing, they are qualified, they have good character. Why don't you raise them as leaders so that some people can be of help to you? You see, builders are people who are not afraid to tell you the truth. Builders are people who love you well enough and deep enough to tell you about the real score of your life, the real score of your ministry, the real score of your marriage. They love you enough that they will never flinch their eyes if only to make you realize there's something wrong you are doing. Bakit hindi natin itama? But the difference between a builder and just a critique is this. Ang isang taong critique lang, magbibigay lang siya ng feedback kung anong mali sa'yo, but he will never offer a solution. Somebody like Jethro gave Moses a wisdom that would benefit Moses for the rest of his earthly existence. He learned the concept of delegation. He learned the concept of leadership. He learned the concept of trusting people, other people, to minister alongside him. So what's my point? When you welcome the builders that God sends along your way, some are there for a season, some are there for a lifetime. But they're always there for a reason. They are God's ways of reminding you it is not good for you to do things alone, that it takes a tribe to build a family. I'd like you to listen to the testimony of Brother Paul Tadalem our leader for the Men of Action Ministry, and how God made use of the Men of Action Ministry to raise him as a leader of leaders. Good day, Linus family and friends. I'm Brother Paul Tadalan, and I'm here to give back the glory to our God through the Men of Action Ministry. As a Christian and a family man myself, naghahanap po ako ng isang grupo na makakatulong sa akin to become more mature and deeper in the Word of God. At the same time, I wanted to know the different circumstances na pinagdadaanan po ng mga kalalakihan. During that time, I remember there was appointment series conducted by MOVA and the Lord led me to attend that teaching series and that started my journey in my relationship with the Lord. The one thing that struck me most was the discussion of a man who is called to be a leader or a priest of his household. You see, we are not just called to provide but also to lead them. And sometimes men are being tamed because of the sins hiding them. And these sins, if not dealt, hinders us from leading our family in the right direction 
without the proper guidance of the Word of God, we would fall into the same mistakes again. I thank the Lord that He led me into this group. I learned a lot throughout the years in my walk in life. Napakarami po talaga ang pinagdadaan ng mga kalalakihan. Kaya po sa Men of Action, ang kalalakihan lang ang vida. In our fellowship, we get a chance to share our hearts, problems with our families, and most importantly, we pray and worship together in our meetings. In Proverbs 27, verse 17, it says, As iron sharpens an iron, so one person sharpens another. Kung naghahanap po kayo ng kaibigan, barkada at katropa, na meron kayo dati, lahat po ng ito ay nasa men of action. Kaya I encourage all the men out there to join this mighty group of men. Our goal is to disciple and help you grow in your walk in the Lord and most importantly, to reach out to the lost. We also help our church, our fellow brothers in whatever way we can. During the past years, the men of action help in various projects like we go out to outreach to our regional churches and evangelism at the same time. Praise the Lord. Nakatuwa po na kahit busy po mga kalalakihan sa bahay, nakakahanap pa din po tayo ng oras to give their very best for the glory of God. Naging instrument po ito ng Lord sa ating mga kalalakihan na mamulat po sa mission work and at the same time to realize about the harvest field. How can you not serve the Lord when He continuously bless you, your family, and gives all the desires of your heart and help you achieve your life goals. Praise the Lord at all times. Please continue to pray for our men. Sa lahat ng mga kalalakihan dyan, isang bagsak, muha! Isang bagsak, muha! Yan pang battle cry ng mga men of action. Men, kung ikaw ay pa-others-others pa rin, wala ka pa rin DJ, hindi ka pa rin kabahagi ng men of action, this is time for you to realize that men are strategic in the kingdom of God. I'm not being a sexist here. I am not downplaying the importance of ladies because as you have heard from Sister Celia, the ladies' ministry is such a powerful, anointed ministry. But now I'm talking to you, men of God. If you would like to see the unleashing of the sovereign power of God, of the redeeming power of God, allow yourselves to be sharpened by other men. Because as iron sharpens iron, other men can put inputs in your life that will make you a better husband, a better father, a better citizen of this nation. Last point. I also realized that when God displays His sovereign power, He raises generational ministers. Palaging itataas ng Panginoon ang mga taong ang pagtingin sa buhay ay hindi lamang para sa ngayon, hindi lamang para sa pangkasalukuyan, but they realize they've got this divine, sacred role to make sure that the legacy of faith is being passed on to the next generation. So that the next generation will realize God is such a sovereign God that He can overcome and transcend the limitations of the human history, the flaws of humankind, the downfalls even of human leaders. If only to realize that when God ministers, He ministers to generations. And therefore, it is now incumbent upon us, the present generation, to make sure 
that the coming generations, the new gen, will be ready to receive the baton from us as they also make a run for it until the time comes when they will have to pass it to the next generation as well. Exodus 13. The Lord or Moses now reminds the people, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hevites and the Jebusites, the land is swore to your forefathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. You are to observe this ceremony in this month. For seven days, you will eat bread made without yeast and on the seventh day, hold a festival to the Lord. And then verse 14 says, In days to come, when your son asks you, What does this mean? Then you will say to him, With a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of their hand, out of the land of slavery. There's always a mandate of the Lord. That's why feasts are commended. That's why holidays are to be celebrated. So that when people take a selah, when people take a pause, when people take that mandatory Sabbath rest, they get to look back at their history and they will realize God was there. Even in the most unfortunate events of our lives. Even during those times when we thought we already hit the brick wall and we were at the end of the road and we were at the end of our rope and we had not much options and we thought we were going to die. But now looking back, you realize, no, God was there to extend His grace to those that are yielded unto Him. Our leader in the widow's ministry would share with us her testimony how her life seemed to have ended when she lost her husband. But God was there to prove her wrong because God is a God of power. Listen to her story. On October 22, 2006, my husband was found in his law office dead of a heart attack. He was 49 years old. We had been married for 27 years. Life with Ray, although not perfect, had its perks. We raised three kids together, served the Lord together, made plans about our future together. But at some point, I had to live without him by my side. There will no longer be trips abroad with my travel buddy, no morning talks over coffee in our garden, no roses on Valentine's Day. In the midst of pain that was both physical and emotional, I moved on. After all, I still had two daughters to send through school. I thank the Lord Jesus Christ, my ever-present help in time of need. He connected me with a group of women who were similarly situated as I was, the widows of worth or wow. We would gather together once a month for meals, Bible study, and just simply for fellowship. Here was a place where we could lay down our life situations and still feel accepted. Here it was okay to cry and admit our helplessness and feelings of despair, anger, or hurt. 
The ministry was in a way a learning place for me. I observed the lives of these widows and felt like applauding. Sure, they went through a time of mourning, but after that, they decided to keep on living and serving the Lord. One widow went back to her hometown in Abra and established a church and preached the gospel to her townmates. Others kept right on working until their retirement. Then they found other exciting things to do after that, like becoming a plantita, especially during these COVID times. The ministry helped me get back on my feet and help other needy women. A simple phone call, house call when they are sick, and grieving with them when they lose a loved one. My fear that I would no longer receive gifts on Valentine's Day proved to be false, for the Lord saw me through and gave surprises come Valentine's Day. And I praise Him, for He is the defender of this widow. God is indeed a God of power, for He has seen me through the seasons of my life. Thank you, Sister G. I miss Attorney Ray all the more. But thank God that all these years, you and your wonderful kids, who are now very much grown-ups, the Lord has sustained you. The Lord has held you in His most powerful hand. And that's why Sister G is the leader of her family now, to always remind her wonderful kiddos that during those times when darkness fell upon them, I was there in the funeral parlor when the family was just beside themselves with grief. And yet, many years after, I see your family thriving and growing and even more productive in the vineyard of the Lord. It's because God is a God of power. And your generations will speak of that for the rest of their days. Exodus 16, verse 32, Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come so that they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the desert when I brought you out of Egypt. Verse 33. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar, put, it, put an omer of manna in it, then place it before the Lord to be kept for the generations to come. You know that story when God provided for the people of Israel by raining down on them manna in the morning, quail in the afternoon, so that they would have a perfect balanced diet. My carbs made them protein, and there would be water that would be gushing out of the rock. If only for the people to be reminded, even in the desert place, when there was no access to a convenience store, when the privileges and the conveniences of a first world country like Egypt were no longer with them or no longer available to them, God could make a way when there seems to be no way. And so in the Ark of Covenant, one of the things that was commanded by God to be put in there is that piece of manna, that miracle bread that God supplied them with every day for 40 years. If only for people to be reminded, 
God is the kind of God of power. He can make miracles. He can provide you with something out of nothing because everything is coming from His powerful hand. Nothing is impossible for Him to do because His hands are never too short. He will reach you where you are. He knows what you need. He knows exactly that which your family needs at this very moment. In Exodus 17, Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with this people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord answered Moses, Walk on ahead for the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel and he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? You see, even that rock that Moses struck was memorialized. Moses named the place Massa, Meribah. So that people will realize there was a point in your life you were so hard-headed. You quarreled with me. You questioned if God's presence is with us. And so it will be memorialized for the rest of generations that God's anger is roused whenever their people, whenever His people, choose to be so hard-headed in the face of all this preponderant evidence that God has always been there for them, that God has always acted for and in their behalf, and yet, they would now question and doubt the very existence and the very presence of God. The generations never forgot that lesson. And so on that day, when Moses fought, or when Joshua fought against the Amalekites, and they, they won over the Amalekites. Verse 14 of Exodus 17. The Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it. Because I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And so Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. And he said, for hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord, and the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Amazing, my friends, that God would instruct clearly Moses that Joshua should hear what I am commanding you to do. Why? Because the Lord knew the time was soon coming when Moses would pass on the baton of leadership to Joshua. And a new generation would now rise. And a new generation would now be raised by the Lord. A new generation that might forget all the wonderful things that God had done for them in Egypt and in the wilderness. But for as long as Joshua, the next generation would be there, then the Lord would know that His renown would never be forgotten. And His miracles will never be laid to waste. Three things that the Lord showed us today. He's a God of power through three ways. Number one, through families. Number two, through the builders that He raises. And number three, through the generational ministers that He equips, that He empowers, 
that he raises up. So that his power, his miracles, his narratives will be passed on from generation to generation. And so let me end with this story. Amram married Jochebed. They got three children, Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. Moses married Zipporah, whose father was Jethro. Moses had two children, Eliezer and Gershon. Now, the Bible is silent. Whatever happened to Eliezer and Gershon? But you know what? Moses had a spiritual child named Joshua. Which brings me to the last point. If you are an intentional discipler, if you know the power of influence over the lives of other people, yes, influence your children as Jacob had influenced Moses, as Jethro influenced Zipporah and Moses. But I don't know the influence of Moses over his own biological children, but Moses was sensitive to the voice of the Lord to raise up and empower Joshua. And Joshua became the leader of the nation that finally conquered the promised land. So having said that, here are my three simple calls to action. Number one, that all of us, fathers, mothers, grandparents, children, be part of a discipleship group. Commit to your family. Or commit your family as God's arm for evangelism. Ibigay mo kay Lord yung commitment na yun. Lord, pakagamitin niyo po ang aking posisyon, yung aking influence sa aking mga anak, sa aking asawa, sa community, so that my family will be a tool to expand your kingdom. And here's another challenge. Turn your home into a church. Yes, God can use you in a very powerful, anointed way to influence and reach so many souls. But my friends, one thing's for sure, God is wanting you to reach your very own household. For our last testimony, let's hear the testimony of this grandfather whose life was changed by God because of the ministry of his wife to him. Please welcome Lolo Badong. Good morning, Lighthouse. Ako si Brother Badong, obvious, 72 years old sa ngayon. Ang aking asawa, pastora, nangangaral ng salita ng Diyos sa lugar ng Malipay, Kabite. Patuloy akong niyayakag niya na makinig ng salita ng Diyos sinasama sa simbahan sa Kabite. Hindi niya ako makumbinsi noong una. At tuloy-tuloy pa rin ang panunuyo sa akin. Kumbaga sa ano, nalili, ako ang nililigawan ng aking asawa. Sumunod lang ako sa kanya, pero wala sa puso. Wala sa puso ang mga salita ng Diyos. Pumapasok lang dito sa pagkabilang taenga, lumalabas sa kabilang taenga. Nang pumasok na ako, ay nagkaroon ng aksidente naman. Ako naman ang sinabi na pinalo ng Panginoon dahil hindi ako nakikinig sa kanyang mga salita at sa kanyang pagtawag sa akin. Hindi ko pinapansin. Pumasok ako sa trabaho na hindi ko inaasahan na may mangyayari palang na aksidente. Hindi ko inaasahan 
ng paghila ng aking wilder, paghila ng kable, nasagi yung pormang yun, pamporma sa poste, sa biga, nahulog yun sa baitang ng hagdanan. Napotol yung baitang na siminto at pumalo dito sa aking ulo. Hanggang tatlong 20 minutos, wala akong malay. Nagkamalay ako sa klinik na. Dahil sa aksidenteng nangyari, sinuko ko na ang buhay ko kay Lord. Tuloy-tuloy na akong naglingkod sa Panginoon. Hanggang sa nangyari na ang wala na si Pastora Alice. Iniwan. Iniwan akong mag-isa. Kaya, ganun na lang ang ginawa ko. Mag-serve na lang kay Lord upang matuloy lang ang buhay. Si Lord na ang bahala sa akin kung patuloy niya akong gagabayan o ingatan at pagpalain. Naiwasan ko na ang aking mga bisyo na alis ang aking panigarilyo. Inom ng alak, babae, sugal, naalis yan sa pamamagitan ng paghipo sa akin ng Panginoon. Ang aking pamilya, ang aking pamumuhay, ang paglingkod sa Diyos, hanggang ngayon, tuloy pa rin. Pero hindi kami pinabayaan ni Lord. Patuloy akong ginagabayan. Patuloy akong iniingatan at pinagpapala hanggang ngayon. 72 years old na. Buhay pa rin. Malakas pa rin. Pero may pagkabulol na kasi kulang nang sa ipin. <laughs> Maraming salamat. Thank you, Pastora, na niyakag mo ang iyong minamahal. Ikaw ay nasa piling na ng Diyos sa mga oras na ito. Para lang kung nakikita mo ang buhay ni Lolo Badong, paano siya ay nagdilingkod ng patuloy sa Panginoon. Na hindi kadahilanan ng katandaan. At sabi nga niya, hindi kadahilanan ng kawalan ng ngipin para pigilan siya sa kanyang paglilingkod sa Diyos. Lolobodong, sa tamis at dalisay ng iyong ngiti, you have touched my heart and you gave me a vision because I know one day I'll be in that stage. I'm 50 years old now. 20 years down the road, I'll be 70 years old. I pray that I can have that kind of fervor, that kind of strength, that kind of joy that comes only from the anointing of the Spirit. You see, Lighthouse family, the um, spiritual body that covers Lighthouse Christian community is the Philippine Council of Evangelical Churches or PCEC. And by last year, 2019, even before the pandemic struck, They came up with this logo or this banner cry. Ang bawat tahanan, sambahan. Bawat pamilya, may kapilya. Every home is a church. And every family has an altar. Little did we know that the pandemic would come. Little did we know that we would be homebound. Little did we know that we would be quarantined for almost a year now. I pray na nakuha na natin ang leksyon na pinapagawa sa atin ng Diyos. Nang ating tahanan ay 
niluloob ng Diyos na maging sambahan. Ikaw tayong pastor. Nay, ikaw ang pastor. Anak, ikaw ang worship leader. Ate, ikaw ang intercessor. Yaya, ikaw ang usher. Kung sa loob ng pamilya, dalawa o higit ang nagkakaisa, ang presensya ng Diyos ay nananahan sa atin. Why? Because this is the very heartbeat of God. He's the God of power. And yet, 2,000 years ago, He came, died for us in the cross of Calvary. He endured the shame. He scorned the shame of the cross. If only that you and me could have this chance of being reconciled to God. The question is, will you say yes to Him? Because God is asking the same question to you and to me. A song would say, I am the Lord of sea and sky. I have heard my people cry. All who dwell in dark and sin, God says, whom shall I send? Papayagan mo ba na ang pamilya mo ang magsasabi sa Panginoon, here we are, Lord. Is it us, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. Oh, Lord, we will go if you lead us and we will hold your people in our hearts.